This is the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. Father, we thank you, we worship you, we give all the glory tonight. Blessed be your name. Thank you for your goodness, your mercy, your grace, your love. You are awesome in all your ways. We love you. Forever we magnify your name. Thank you for your glory in the house tonight. Doing what only you can do. We open our hearts to receive from you this evening. That the name of Christ may be glorified in all that is done here tonight. In Jesus name. Can somebody shout it louder. Amen. Hallelujah. How many of you love coming to church? All right. Well, I did not want to sing that song. I was saving it for Sunday. We will sing it very well on Sunday. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. I want to read a passage of the Bible tonight. Now, tonight, a part of me is feeling like I should allow people to ask questions. Um, this is the first Wednesday and the first service in the month of June. And we've not done asking questions so far maybe in the last three, four months. Many times we teach, we preach, we pray, and uh, the way the things of the Spirit are, or the way scriptures are at times, um, whatever is taught, whatever is communicated, you might need to ask an exact question to be able to apply it directly into your personal life. You understand what I'm saying? So that is why it's good at times to allow people to ask questions so that they can, it can also be a way of uh, having a feedback from the teachings that you have been doing. So as you teach people, you also give an opportunity. So Jesus' style uh, was quite different from the style that we, uh, uh, we do in most churches now. Jesus allowed his ministrations to always be interrupted. Pharisees were asked, excuse me, and he answered them. He was preaching one day and then centurion came and he bowed and he said my daughter is sick and he left the meeting and he followed him to go and heal the girl that was sick hallelujah but the pharisees never ceased to ask him questions and he was always answering them now they didn't like him i don't know why they were always doing for his meeting they were always there to attack but they never you know that people do that also you don't like someone on facebook but you keep reading everything that so that you can attack what is writing that is self-inflicted punishment. Hallelujah. But, so, I, I'm going to read. If you have a question, you can uh, write it down. If you, don't, if you are ashamed of your question, you can write it. But if you are bored about your question, you can lift up your hand. I know some people don't want people to know, so I understand. So you can write in a paper if you have a question that you want to pass. Uh, pass it to any, any of the Don't put your name, don't put any, just put the question uh, and any kind of question is allowed tonight. But before we get into that, just take your seat. So while you are writing, I just want to share something very briefly. And this might just be something that we build up on later. I have once preached and I've said that I, I just sense in my spirit that this might be something that the Spirit of God want me to emphasize again tonight. 
I have once thought and I've said that there is a miracle in your desert. You just need the Lord to open your eyes to see the miracle that he has given to you. Now, this is what people do. Many times when you pray, you have authority, authorization from heaven to pray. But what you cannot do is to tell God how he should answer the prayer. It is your responsibility to pray. It is God's responsibility to choose the method by which you will answer your prayer. In one of the Middle East countries, I like the way their general puts it. Very funny general. They asked him, they caught some terrorists. Also, and it's, uh, it's, 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 a, it's a nation in, in the Middle East. So they caught some terrorists and they asked him that about forgiving them. He said, well, it is my business. He said, it is God's business to forgive terrorists or not to forgive them. He said, my own assignment is to arrange a meeting between the two of them. In other words, any terrorists I catch, I will kill. When I kill them, when they get before God, let God now decide whether he wants to forgive or not forgive. He said, but my job, he said, it's God's job whether to forgive or not. It's my job to arrange the meeting. <laughs> what a man. In other words, I catch as a terrorist, I send you to go and meet your maker. When you meet him, let him now choose whether he wants to forgive you or not. He says, so let God do his job, let me do my job. Forgiveness is not my job. Arranging of the meeting is my job. I think we need that kind of person here in the country. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Are you with me? So, um, <laughs> it is God's business to choose how to answer your prayer. You are going to be disappointed when you pray and begin to expect the answer to come in a certain way. A few people nearly missed their blessings in the Bible and probably some that were never, never recorded missed it more. As soon as they told Naaman that somebody could heal him in Israel, he already had a picture in his mind on how the miracle would take place. We people do. That is why people fight when there is a healing service and they want to sit somewhere. And it's happened during the conference. I want to sit inside and you are even late and you are still fighting. You are trying to choose a method. That is what people do when they want a pastor to touch them at all costs. So Naaman the Syrian said that as soon as the girl told him that a prophet in Israel could heal him, so he went to Elijah and was coming. Elisha rather was coming to Elisha's house. And Elisha was inside. Elisha just told someone, go and tell him to go and dip himself in Jordan seven times. You see, if you are not humble, you cannot receive from God. Some little drops of mercy here and there can fall to you, but real things can. It takes humility to walk with God. Has it dealt with you to the point that if it tells you to apologize, you are willing to apologize to anybody? It takes humility to walk with God. And so many people are proud, they don't even know they are. So Naaman looked at the guy and he said that, what an insult. Then he said the very thing annoying him. He said, I actually thought he will come out and he will wave his hand over that place. I think the leprosy was somewhere around his hand. I don't know. He said, I think, I don't know. But I think he will just come and wave his hand and the leprosy will disappear. To go and have my bath seven times. What a stupid demand. And he mentioned about some rivers in Babylon. He said, those rivers are better than this river. Are you saying that we don't have waters in Babylon? <laughs> And the Bible says he was going away in anger. But thank God that he had somebody. The same guy, I suppose, 
ran and he said, my Lord, if the prophet had asked you to do something very great, you would have done it. If he said, bring 20 million, you would have given him. He said, something as little as deep yourself and you're already getting angry. Then his senses return. He said, okay. But you know, when he was angry, Elisha said nothing. You are the leper. Now you are can't come here. Go. Hallelujah. You know, Dr. Billy told me, and I've heard that from doctors, there are those who go to hospitals and they begin to argue with the doctor. So why are you there? You should have helped yourself at home. So this pain, it's like this is a symptom of the doctor. So I know, doctor, no, no, no. This can't be malaria. This is more serious. But you drove yourself to the hospital. You should have stayed at home to treat yourself. Hallelujah. So he had this expectation of how the miracle should happen. And you must not do that. God has many ways of reaching you. Ah. <laughs> I was part of a church that was starting and they were very small. And a sister left. And she gave, actually it was our church. Let me not quote it, but you won't know the person I'm talking about. It happened in the early days of the church. We're just about 17 then. She told me, she said, I've looked around and I don't think there's any man, all the men in this church are no more than seven. He said, so I don't see which one will marry me. So I have to go to a church where there are so many men, like mention them of the church and then I will marry them. And I said, no problem. After that, after she left, she did her bed. I still went to the bed there to preach. I don't get angry and start cursing people when they are leaving. So I said, no problem. Because honestly, I also operated in the flesh. I looked at what she said and I said that she's being realistic. That there's no guy. I was not married then also and I was not ready to marry her. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, and I looked at some of other guys. None of us was willing to marry her. So, <laughs> only that, yes, in the flesh, that was a realistic move. But you see, you can go to a church where all of them are men, 10,000 men, and none of them will marry you. <laughs> if God does not help you, no man can help you. I have seen a lady who doesn't like going out at all. Till now, she's married for years, doesn't like going out at all. She didn't like going out, she doesn't like going out now. A man came to their house to look for her and somehow asked her out. You can parade yourself before all. If you get one, you've gotten the wrong guy. You see, when you dress in a seductive manner to attract a guy, you have just gotten a lost reading guy. Somebody that is full of lust inside him. The implication will be that the Yorubas have an adage that a wife you marry through dance will also go away through dance. I don't know why people don't understand that. Why should you try to expose your body to attract a guy? Doesn't that tell you the kind of guy you have attracted? Please don't grow old because when he sees other girls who are open their borders, he will go after and you have no right to blame him then. Because that's the game. Somebody's watching me, he's angry. <laughs> are you are you are you with me? A believer is someone who trusts Jesus and his ways are your ways. You don't scheme things. Once you start scheming, God removes his hand. He cannot pray that way. I, I spoke with the singles on Sunday. I have seen women who have been battered. Ah, oh God, when I say grace, me, 
even when I was very young, you are not married to somebody, you go to their house, you fetch water, cool, cool, they use you like slave. And at the end of the day, it dumps you. All in the name of I don't want to, I don't want it to be. If somebody doesn't love you, there's nothing you can do, he does not love you. How can you be with Folake? How can you be with Jide? You are trying to get Jide's attention. And it's making it obvious too that he loves Folake. And you are still dancing around him. Be like some of us. Anybody that does not like you, don't like them. Life is very cheap. But let's not go that way, you know. Family week is starting this June. It's from Sunday. And we go to some deep stuff in the word of God about families and we whatever we share we apply to both singles and married every Sunday by the grace of God this is very important hallelujah okay <laughs> did you get what I just said I'll give you one example saw that got it right and this might answer the question of many people give me Esther chapter 1 Esther chapter 1 what of if the Lord appears to you tonight and he tells you that everything you have ever prayed for, he has answered. Acts chapter 15 verse 18 says, Know not to God that all his works before the foundation of the earth. Know not to God that all his works. Before we go to Esther 1, give me that Acts 15 18. Now I want every member of this church to let this scripture stay with you because it's going to give you peace all your life. Known unto God are all his works. Acts 15 18 before the foundation of the earth. In other words, God does not get to a junction and start thinking, that, what are we going to do now? Acts 15, 18. Known unto God that all his works before the foundation of the earth. In other words, before he created you, he already perfected everything that would be necessary. So, in the message I thought along this line some years back, I actually said, God does not answer prayer when you pray. Many times when you pray, you discover the answers that God already provided before you started praying. You don't get that. So, the ram did not come to the mountain after Abraham prayed. As they were climbing, the ram was climbing. When they got to where the water was bitter, mirror, Moses said to God, this is a bitter water, what do we do? He said the tree beside the water caught it and threw it. Before they tasted the water, the solution for the water was already beside the water. And whatever you can find as a pattern in the Bible. So Jesus was preaching to 5,000 people. Before they remember that they were hungry, a boy already came from his house with five loaves and two fishes. I get what I'm saying. And you see this pattern over and over again. Before the wine finished at that wedding, there was already a pot that contained water that would turn to wine. The question is, what is the miracle that God has created around you that you are not seeing? One of the most powerful forms of prayer is to pray that God should open your eyes at all times. There is a friend who is close to someone that will be your husband. There is a friend, there is a cousin, there is a place that you visit and you meet the person. My brother bought a very solid Benz car, my elder brother, for a very cheap amount because he was conversing with his mechanic and the mechanic just said he wanted but I don't know why some people are very funny like, can you imagine I always do a car for one man he said the man has like seven in his garage and he said the man doesn't live in Nigeria the only time he comes the only thing I do is to change battery because he said he doesn't drive any of the cars and he said that I told him I'll sell these cars now and brother said can you tell him to sell one 
and he bought the car for about 800 k Benz. The man told him, that, you know, I don't need your money. I just want to pay something to have a feeling that you are buying something. And truly, they need his money. Anytime I drive around my estate and I see how many empty houses are there, some houses in my estate have not been opened in 10 years. The owners are abroad, they've left the houses there. Yeah, there are people all over the street looking for accommodation. I usually ask the Lord, let those who need me, those who have. But only God can arrange the meeting. Only God can arrange the meeting. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Lord, that is for you. Let's look at so did you get that scripture now? No known to God. Let's let let me just stop on this and then I will take you people have questions. So Mordecai in that Esther chapter one. If it's that from Bible says Mordecai, the story just happened like that Mordecai. And Mordecai was a gate man in the king's palace. But Mordecai, the Bible says, he raised a girl called Adassa, his uncle's daughter, not even his own daughter. Let's read that scripture. This is the Aisharos. This is a very fantastic man who reigned. I mean, the guy sat over most nations. Verse 2. Why is this one not showing? Verse 2. Those days when the Aisharos sat on the throne of his kingdom, which was in Shushan, the palace. Verse 3. I know the guy had a party. He had a party for 180 days. I wonder why I did, I did not live in those days. <laughs> 180 days he didn't party. And he was feeding people. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. The king sat on his throne. Please go and go. Just go down. Be fast. I will read very fast. Pastor, the third year of his reign, he made a feast unto all his princes and his servants and everybody. He made, a, he made a party for everybody. Verse 4. When he showed the riches of glory of his kingdom and the honor of his excellent majesty many days, even a hundred and four score days. Ah! This guy had money. 180 days of partying. <laughs> when the days were expired, then he did another seven days in the, in the garden of the king's palace. Verse 6. It came to pass, you know, all those things. You know, it's one of the seven wonders of the world, the hanging garden. The, the garden is not in the air, it's not on the, it's in the air, it's not on the ground, it's not, they're just hanging. How to visit in one day. I read it in a book about seven, seven wonders of the world. One of them is hanging garden. Sorry, the Palestinians are hanging garden. I've been trying to picture how it to look like. Where is it hanging? But it's one of the seven wonders of the world. It's real. Now, chapter two, verse one. Thank you chapter 2 verse 1. You know the rest of the story in chapter 1. And I said, I did a post on Facebook and I want to say this that I decided to chapter 4. Please go to chapter 2. After these things when the wrath of the king was appeased he remembered Vashti. You know what happened? How many of you know the story? The book of Esther is the only book in the Bible where the name of God does not appear once. From the chapter 1 to the last chapter you will never see God there. It's amazing. God decides to just hide. And it's one of the most dramatic books in the Bible. But the name of God is never mentioned in the book of Esther. They decided to... <laughs> so the king got... Finally, his anger subsided a little. You know, Vashti was actually fired. I wonder a little bit about like when I was talking along this line. Very powerful message. Vashti was fired. The truth of the matter is this. 
when it is time for God to get you to where he wants, it will make somebody misbehave to open the space for you. Vashti made a terrible mistake. I, that's a message for another day. The first mistake he made was to be having his own party within the king's party. It is called division. Once you have your vision inside another vision. But that's not what we... And people do it all over churches and issues. But that's not where we are going today. Because in the middle of her party, she had, then the king asked her that they, they pick up the 180 days party and the seven days that follow was to, the peak of it was to do exhibition of the queen. That was the, the, the height of the whole thing. That was the high point. And the queen said, I am not coming. The king, when he, when he had impressed everybody, said, there is one more wonder. I want to show you the most beautiful woman. You've heard for 180 days, that is not the wonder. You've seen my garden, and that's not the wonder. The greatest wonder is that there is, you're about to see beauty queen. And the king sat, he told the PA, protocol, go and bring the queen. Let her just impress them. And those ones came back and said, sir, she said she's not coming. Ah! And there was a fellow called Memukam. That one didn't let go of the matter. And he said to the king, if you pardon, because the king loved her, she was so beautiful. He said, oh God, no be you only she offend you. What the queen did, all of us are in trouble in the kingdom. If you do nothing, me too, I will get home and tell my wife, bring vegetables, say vegetable call, hawk running. He said, so she embarrassed you publicly, brought down your male ego, you must deal with the matter openly so that all women in this kingdom will not rebel. He said, otherwise, I'll be the one fetching water to the bedroom. <laughs> and all the chiefs said that it's true. King, you do nothing about this situation. All of us are in trouble. Because the women will say that, you asked me to go and, go and bring okra for you. Even Vashti. Even the king could not order the queen. So who are you? If the queen said no to the king, you that you are not a king, why can't I say no freely to you? Amen. Husband, go and sit down. <laughs> so the king thought about this true. He said, so, Oga, she sinned against the entire kingdom. But you know, there's something about a woman that you love. But they made the king to sign. And the law made it some patient. That law must not change. Once they append the signature to that law, it does not. That was why the king loved Daniel. But he couldn't do anything because they used the same law. Once you adopt that law, no matter what they use it against your mother tomorrow, there's nothing you can do about it. It does not change. So let's adopt that law to banish the lady. Now, I said something yesterday on social media. Nobody ever thought, not even Mordecai, nor Esther, that the events of the palace where one king was angry with the queen had anything to do with a small girl raised by a gate man. You can't tell how national events can be for your advantage or to your advantage. At the beginning of God's script, it does not look as if you are involved. Are you getting what I'm saying? And there are many things that God is doing right now because of you. But for the next five years, it will not look as if you have a part in it. And if you ask, he will tell that daughter, don't worry. I know what I'm doing. It does not look like what is going on in Canada now, UK and Nigeria has anything to do with your life. But if you can peep into the future, it will shock you. So if, if anybody had told Esther that day, as she was fetching water in the bedroom for the gate man and uncle, 
Is somebody that said, Asa, oh, Ma, Esther, come, come, come. You know what is happening in the palace? They're about to banish queen. Do you know that it is because of you? She would have been like, sorry, how does that? I'm not from this country. I was not even invited for the party. The 18 days, as we were partying in the palace, me and fetching water and water, cooking with firewood there. How, what is the connection? Nobody. I prophesy to everybody. There are things, whatever is going on in the country, anywhere in the world, in the name of Jesus, all things will work together for your good. Hallelujah. Ah, I wonder if you take questions. Like I'm entering preaching mode. <laughs> Are you with me? Well, I will, we, I will save the story for another day. Let's just conclude this way that at the end of the day, at the end of the day, Esther became queen, we know, and all those things. What of you? Somebody had told Mordecai. Because when Esther became queen, eventually he too was mightily promoted. He became third in the kingdom. If somebody had told Mordecai, have you fasted and prayed for promotion? Have you prayed for fame? You have prayed for wealth. Mordecai, do you know that the answer to all your prayers, they are inside this girl living inside your house? What of if Mordecai, when Esther's parent died, if Mordecai said, I'm just a gate man, me too, I'm broke, I cannot help you. Go and look for somebody else to live with. Like I see people doing many times. Someone have accommodation, nobody lives with you. I'm not saying you should bring people to your house forcefully, no. I'm just saying that sometimes, sometimes, one of the guys who once lived with me, I've been saying it with Queen Elizabeth and a lot of people. You know, faith. He was doing IT in you and so that I were level living in my house. I was not married then. There was no space where it was inconvenient. He just only did IT for about six months and went back to UI. Now just see him. It's a leadership school of the world. Now where they host the likes of Bill Clinton and all of them. They come to speak and he's one of the boasts in them. And I see the picture. Last time again, Nigeria, I came to church briefly. And he said that very soon he would discuss with us that if we need children, that we want them to travel and they want to. I mean, but I'm not talking about that because I'm waiting for him to give. It's amazing. It was just IT students staying with us. But you see, no matter what, he, when he writes his history, he cannot erase the fact that he lived with me when he came to Lagos. And he was just in Lagos for a short time. Adasa. Because no no to God that all his works, he looked at Mordecai and he put all his prayer points and his aspirations in life inside one girl. So miss the girl and miss your answer. Help me share this message with people. This is why it's good to always pray that, Lord, open my eyes. Open my eyes. Open my eyes. Every time I think about president, governors, and popular people in the country, I, I never cease to think that, but a teacher taught them in school. There are teachers that I'm looking for right now, but there are some I don't want to see them. Some of them will focus on the most brilliant in class and think that will be the most successful error. One student can pay a teacher what he will never have in his lifetime when he rises. After all, even when you talk about Bill Gates or anybody's rich people, they were taught by a teacher. A teacher who never taught anything would be of the, a teacher. Supposing a teacher loved one of them and maintained a very good relationship. He can look at you and give you $10 million without blinking an eye. Which job will give you that kind of thing? 
there's nobody that God has not given opportunity to. It is true. Why your colleagues in oil company are receiving two million per month, you are receiving sixty thousand naira. But if God will open your eyes to know the real answers that are inside that place, this is why we don't quit our job because we want something. We only follow the Lord. If He gives you permission to quit, fine. But outside a Christian, you don't do anything without praying and let the Lord lead you. Who says answers are in Canada that you are running there? Is it wrong to go to Canada? There's nothing wrong with it. But are you let go there? Some will return to Nigeria. The friends who left behind would have acquired acres upon acres of land. I believe this nation will not remain like this forever. I get what I'm saying. This is very important. The leading of the Spirit of God. Opportunities upon opportunities for some people there's a friend in your life is the answer to all the prayers we pray it's not going around to beg that you know what you are the answer come can I borrow me no it's discerned by the spirits it is just about you doing what is right when God gives you an examination he also gives you a expo he has already said that you should treat everybody well he said in the morning so, said, so that you will not miss when the right person comes. So all I need to know is that if I accept the scriptures and I'm walking in love, loving everybody, that means I can treat, I can, I can help 16 people. It might be one that is a joker. Some will live in your house, insult you, insult your own house. When you get when they leave, they will never turn back to even say thank you. But that should not make you to now close your door to every other person. Because six people can wrong you. The seventh person might be the joker. I, I made up my mind. Ah, I will never borrow anybody money again. And your reasons are genuine, truly. But what about if just one more person? That is the one that comes back to say that, you know what? I did not have money. You helped me. But now I'm a billionaire. What do you want? And I've seen that people, this are, as, say, what exactly do you want? You know, there, there is nothing God cannot do. About eight years ago, one of the governors of the nation blessed a man and lifted the man so much. The man became so well done. And he asked the man, what did you do for the governor? He said, nothing. Because the man was even illiterate. He said, what happened? They were going to do campaign in a village. And the governor became pressed. And this man started looking a little nice on the way to the village. And they stopped by the governor used his toilet to go and do campaign. He just used toilets and that was it. And when he came out of the toilet, he sat down for a while. I think it was too late. And they spoke, spoke. Now was how he met the man. And when he became governor, he decided to come back. So he gave the man his personal number that day. So sometimes God can let somebody be pressed. <laughs> it's called divine pressing. <laughs> that he might stop by. If that thing happened to that man, he, he had no business stopping in that house. Is someone blessed tonight? Any question? <laughs> Jesus, I lift up your name. If you have a question, raise your hand. I'm willing to answer. Um, can you get the mics? Okay, you have one. We can get the other one. Anybody with any question before we go? Well, thank you for coming on tonight. Okay. 
kindly shed more light on John 1 4. What's John 1 4? In the beginning was the word, the word was God, the word was God. And when say was God, will be all things were made by him. Without him was nothing made that was made, and it was life. Which one is verse 4 there? The light is the light of men. The light shines dark and dark cannot comprehend it. There was okay. John 1 4. <laughs> Let's read John 1 4. Okay. The Bible says, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. That's straightforward. There's nothing to explain in that. In Jesus is the life. The life that is in him is the light of men. We are illuminated by the life of Christ that is in us. Jesus is the light of the world. That light is in his life. In his life, we have light. That's quite straightforward. Amen. Sometimes this is why it's better not to write a question, to be able to express yourself better. He might want to ask something further than that, but that is about what well, I, I can't assume what you are saying, so I can only answer based on how it appears to me. Any other person, please, before? Okay, there's a hand over there. All right. Good evening, sir. Good, Good evening, evening sir. Yes, sir. Um, sir, if God instructs a man to start a church, yeah. then he starts the church, then in 20 years' time, there is 100,000 auditorium, Sita, that is doing about four services. And the man looks at himself, and he is carried away with pride. We will say the devil tempted him with pride. Sir, the Bible says pride was found in the devil in heaven. How did pride get into devil? Who tempted the devil with pride? <laughs> he tempted himself. <laughs> uh, that's very direct. Yeah, he tempted himself. You see, um, this is why we cannot put Lucifer in the category of angels. So there are five classes of angels mentioned in the Bible. I don't know whether the fifth kind, which are the normal angels appearing to people some have wings some don't have wings in the fifth category those are the common angel guiding angel angels around so we don't know whether they have the choice to obey or to disobey but somehow satan did not only fall alone he drew one third of the angels that means they were all created as human beings as, as not human beings, but they were created to have opportunity to make their choices to choose and the same way god created man he told him don't eat he decided to so i believe that god created some of the high rank angels the same way so you actually have the cherubims you have the seraphims you have archangels now people usually divide the cherubim and seraphim into two because if you read revelation chapter 4 and isaiah chapter 6 they don't seem to talk about the same that's where you see the word cherubim so in isaiah 6 isaiah, isaiah chapter 6 is talking about the seraphim with eyes all over their body, with six wings, two to cover their face, two to cover their body, and two they were flying with. And they were the ones crying, Holy, Holy is the Lord Almighty. But in Ezekiel chapter 1, some other kinds of beings were mentioned. Now, they are slightly different from the beings mentioned in Revelation chapter 4. But they all have four faces. Now, in Revelation chapter 4, it talks about each one of them having one face. But in Ezekiel chapter 4, the ones that Ezekiel saw, each one of them had four faces. And they had eyes all over their body. Now, was lucifer superior to those guys or not i don't know but to answer the question he was created with the ability to make his own choice 
So what happened was uh, Lucifer, the Bible says in Isaiah 8:20, it talks about him and Ezekiel 14. That until iniquity was found in you. So Lucifer, is it Ezekiel 28 or so? Iniquity was found in him. As the worship was going on in every Lucifer made that's why we now be forgiven. He made his choice even in the presence of the Almighty, in the presence of the perfect word, he just chose to rebel. So God allows people to make their choices. So pride entered him by himself. He chose to. Amen. And then he now tempts people with what he and when he tempts a man also, every temptation, you have your right, you have your choice to obey or not to obey. Now, to buttress what I've said, Jesus who came to redeem man was given the same option. Lucifer also told him, he showed him the whole world, but Jesus rejected it. If Jesus took it, he would have been like Lucifer also. So he made his choice. Amen. Okay. Please, again. All right. Thank you very much, sir. Um, Jesus said, if I have faith as small as, as small as a mustard seed, yes. I can tell the mountain to be removed and to be cast into the sea. Yes. Why do I need the gift of faith? If as small as a mustard seed, I can remove a mountain. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Very good question. Well, there is the gift of faith is one of the special gifts of the spirits. There is the general faith that every now you can operate and like for instance every christian every gift of the spirit or most of the things of the bible they are the level of a gift now they also are the level of a benefit for instance the bible says in mark 16 17 this side shall follow them that believe in my name they shall cast out demons. if they lay their hands on the sick they shall recover that means anyone who believes can lay hands on the sick and pray for the sick but then in first Corinthians chapter 12, the gifts of healing, one of the gifts of the spirits. If every Christian can put their hand on the sick and heal the sick, why then do we also need the gift of healing? And why is there only some have the gift of healing, some don't have? Because the peculiarity of ministries and assignments. So, gift of faith, everybody has a measure of faith. Bible calls it the measure of faith. It is given, Romans chapter 12. Once you are born again, you have the measure of faith in you. But that measure is not the gift of faith. Gift of faith is a special endowment. Usually, gift of faith comes more with those who minister. Uh, some of those gifts are more, they are found more with those who are in five-fold offices. If you are an apostle like Smith Wigglesworth or something in the field like that, uh, massive evangelism and all those things, you might need gift of faith. You will need it to operate that way. So, that is what I can say about that. All right. What I can also say is that the gift you have, the faith you have, if you keep using it, can it develop to a gift? Well, God can give you a gift also, but use the faith you have. If God deems it fit to give you the gift of faith, he will. But every Christian has faith. Does, but every Christian does not have the gift of faith. Did you get that? Every Christian can pray for the sick, but every Christian, every Christian does not have the gift of healing. For the Bible clearly says that he gave unto some healing some design of spirit some not all but when he was talking about in manage cast out the man said all that believe they don't get that is that clear to everybody all right can i say it again <laughs> okay he said this sign shall follow them that believe all of them that believe can pray for the sick and they will recover that is healing 
But when it comes to the gift of it, he said he gave some. First Corinthians twelve, some. Let's. Can you give me? Please go go to First Corinthians twelve. What is it? Maybe the question we should also answer. What is different between a believer being able to heal the sick and the gift of healing? If you have the gifts, you will produce healing more frequently. And most likely, for instance, when it comes to cancer, all this cancerous situation, all those things, you will likely need the gift of aid to minister to such people. When it comes to sorry, gift of healing, when it comes to raising the dead, actually it might take combination of gift of healing and gift of faith to call back a dead person. So ordinary healing, it's not that it cannot work, but it's not likely a believer will have that level of faith to do that, even though God has used people in different ways to do different things. I'm just saying that the now concerning the spiritual, go down a little. I don't want to uh, verse verse three, verse three, verse four. Verse 4. Fast, please. God help this person. Eh? Verse 4. I know the Sunday man is not around. That is why I always I go through this every Wednesday. Verse 4. <laughs> anyway, if you study 1 Corinthians 12, you are going to discover that the Bible says. Um, the word about all the gifts is it gave some this, it gave some this. What I want to show you from that verse is just the word some. It gave some this, it gave unto some, it gave unto some. The spirit distributes unto some. So, and it says, but it's the same spirit distributed to everybody. But concerning laying of hands, it said, This I shall follow them that believe, all of them that believe. So that's the difference between the two. So, what gift of the spirit do you have? That's not for today. Let's go on. Any other question, please? Hope I've answered your question, sir. Did you get the difference? Okay, when you study first Corinthians chapter, just mark the word some. And then when you study uh, at Mark 16, 17, mark the word all. That's the difference. Gifts are distributed severally. Some have two, some have three, some have all the gifts. Some of you have some gifts that you don't even know you have because you've not stepped out to begin to operate. Let's, okay. Yes. Good evening, sir. Good evening, church. There is a part of scripture that talked about every sin can be forgiven except the sin of blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. I think that's in Matthew 12, 31. And it's called the eternal sin. And sir, those days in scripture union where we will be stripped about some kind of sins just so you're not you're sure you don't say even when god is talking to you you know you heard as young christians but you can't say god said because it's termed blasphemy and I, I know a lot of things were said to me personally and those things stayed with me and are still staying with me even till today so i want to know this internal sin if god is all forgiving one of the days you were preaching and you talked about someone who um, went to a particular pastor and the pastor said god has rejected your gift and i'm i'm asking what if someone even put that fence against the holy spirit in ignorance would you term that as an unforgiving sin being the fact that we have an all forgiving father no there's no sin god cannot forgive that uh, it's a theological debate and it's quite deep but the law of love we always take preeminence over every other law 
the Bible says that the blood of Jesus takes care of any sin and every sin. Now, sin against the Holy Spirit can only be done by those who are at the level of Hebrews chapter 5. Uh, the Bible says that it is impossible for those Hebrews chapter 6. It's impossible for those who have tasted the heavenly gifts. The Bible talks about those who have tasted the power of the age to come. He said, if they fall, to renew them again is impossible. The same thing is mentioned in Hebrews chapter 10. The Bible talks about the fact that um, if you count the blood and of, please, I need this screen today. Can you please help me? What's going on at the back there? It's clearer if we read from, but if I read here, I still want people to see what I'm reading. Let me read that uh, Hebrews chapter 6. It's good that we check the Bible. Hebrews 6 verse 4. The Bible says, for it is impossible for those who were once enlightened. Say one. Say it louder. And have tasted the heavenly gift. Say two. And were made partakers of the Holy Ghost. Say three. And have tasted the good word of God. Say four. And have, and the powers of the world to come. That is the power that operates in heaven. Or after rapture. Five. Look at verse six. If they shall fall away, to renew them again to repentance is impossible. You will have to fulfill all those steps to be able to commit unpardonable sin. Did you get that? Hebrews chapter 10 puts more lights. He said, there remained no sacrifice again. What verse is that? Um, I know it's in Hebrews 10. Okay. Let's start from verse 26. Hebrews 10, 26. Look at this. If we sin willfully, after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remained no more sacrifice for sins. Verse 27. But a certain fearful looking for judgment of, and in verse 28. Let's move on. 28. He that despised the law of Moses died without mercy under two or three witnesses. 29. He begins to describe the sin he's talking about. So that you know that it's not adultery. Am I encouraging adultery? I'm a, no, I'm not encouraging all sin. I'm, I'm not just saying what is talking Which one is not pardonable? He said, Of much sorrow punishment, suppose ye shall be brought thought worthy who are trodden under foot, the Son of God, and accounted the blood of covenant wherein it was sanctified an unholy thing and has done despite the spirit of God he has insulted the spirit of grace now next verse for we know now a person will have to fulfill what we read in Hebrews 6 and this Hebrew 10 number one you must count the blood of Jesus and unholy the blood is unholy is rubbish you must insult the spirit of grace and then in other words the key word there is even that you must have been saved first before you can actually. The law doesn't count anything an unbeliever says about the Holy Spirit against them. They don't know anything. Somebody asked me this question when I was the president of Scripture Union Fellowship in secondary school. She was praying in the morning and praying in tongues and the mom, a Muslim, she just came to do and said that the evil spirit that is controlling your head. And she became afraid that my mom might never be saved again. For Jesus said the sin against the Holy Spirit will never be pardoned. And as about today, the mom is a dickness in redeem. Did you get that? Did you get what I've just said? 
So that is a very good illustration of it. So when she I talk, I just remember that like a fly. When that girl, Buki, that was her, that was her name. She told me she was concerned in school that my mom called Holy Spirit evil spirits. And I remember the Bible says that sin against Holy will never be pardoned. And as long as I was, I told her that I said, Your mom is not born again. So actually, it is those who have risen with the Lord to their highest level, and you turn against him at that level that your repentance might not be. So you must have tasted the power of the world to come. You must have known the Lord. Bible calls them partakers of the Holy Spirit. You are walking in power and in glory. And one day you turn it, turn it, turn to and say that your blood is useless. You are this one. He said that one. Mm -mm. Papa Egin is the best. I can. His illustration is the best on this. On a woman, and this will bless you that he too was asking about the unpardonable. And Jesus started teaching Kenneth Egin, and he showed him this woman in America, the wife of a pastor. Egin just saw like a screen in the spirits. A demon sat on her shoulder and started whispering into her that you are beautiful. You are being cheated in life. You could, be, you could have made more money going to casino and all this than sitting there with this so-called pastor. And Nagy said, actually, she was beautiful. She said, get behind me, said, and demon jumped away. You see, at times I pray that the Lord will open your eyes to see what goes on in the spirits because it will help at times. Some of the decisions that people make, if you can see what is whispering to your head, when you say, I won't forgive, I'm leaving, I'm, I'm leaving, I'm leaving, that's I'm leaving. Some of those things that they tell people. Because when you can't be attacked directly by Satan, he can sit on your shoulder and whisper things. And husband and wife will take each other together. The Holy Spirit will be telling them inside that, but this is not of me. No, 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 you're angry. And then they, and then they go. And it gets them to an arena where he can deal very well with them. One day, I don't know whether I was telling my that do you know Whatever we discuss in Dells, angels are hearing. When Miriam and Aaron, when they were talking, the Bible said God heard. Are you aware that you make a conversation, God is hearing? So sometimes there are whispers that come. So this woman and Satan doesn't give up. So the demon left and came back later, again and again. And one day she began to entertain that thoughts more deeply. And one day, Papa again said, I just saw that the this day. There was a black spot that appeared on her head because she left the husband and she went actually into all these casinos and started dating men. And Lily, she was making a lot of money. And the elders went to meet her and she told the elders, I know what I'm doing. Jesus saved me some years back, but right now I don't want Jesus anymore. I don't want to have anything to do with him again. Eggy said, When she made that statement, the black spot left the head and came to the heart. And Jesus said that she can never be saved again. Then Jesus told again something that shocked again. He said, if she was in pain and she started cursing me, I would have still forgiven her. If she prayed for something and she didn't get it and she got angry and she turned away from me, there's still forgiveness for her. He said, but nothing happened to her. She made a choice like Lucifer did to reject me and I don't force myself on anybody. It's over. And that was it. So, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I'm actually saying that God will never count it against somebody that does not know better. So, that is it. Hallelujah. Let's take, okay. Good evening, sir. Let, after this, I'll read this one. Yes, yes. Sir, um, I want to ask, how do we call the balance? 
between the leading of the spirit the mind of christ and our own volition uh, because god very can, powerful question um let's say god leads you to a company um the mind of christ which you have grown in your career you feel this your career path and you see another fine company where you want to work i'm just using that an, yes, as an instance so how do we call the balance understand between that very very good question um always follow that's why it's good see it's, it's not god's plan that every now and then wants to be talking to us that let's do this he prefers to have trained you to think like him so as we obey the word as we do the word the word leads us but not everything is written in the word now when you have made up your mind to follow christ because of the mind of christ that is working because you have exposed yourself to the word of god and the word of god lives inside you always obey that one when you need to act otherwise the spirit will tell you if you are the type that you are doing the force of which is working with god on a daily basis you want to change your job for instance let's use the example you use now and you are prayed about it first of all if there is peace in your heart to so go ahead as you are praying and you are following god if the lord doesn't want to get you to get to move it will tell you if the lord doesn't tell you anything then follow the way he has trained you you don't get that so training first the voice will add to it because the lord can see your heart you are prayed there lord jesus they're offering something higher there it's part of god's plan that you go higher i said you shall be there than not so there are scriptures that cover the fact that i can go for something that will make my life better so in if i as if i start praying and i have one or two scriptures that i'm following if the lord doesn't want that thing for me then he will have no choice but to speak one of so the question will now be how does he speak as you are quoting those scriptures and you are applying it there seems to be a kind of dissatisfaction inside that is the most common you do you get that so if you don't see from inside the spirit any kind of resistance against what you are moving then that means god is not saying anything against that thing that's 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 how it works so we follow the mind of christ at all times the spirit will always i'll give you an example the bible already tells us that we can marry the lord so when i was in school there was this lady in our fellowship when the same prayer team very wonderful and i mean we will share scriptures like and then when you see a lady who is very beautiful and then full of scriptures i mean what else are thou looking for so you understand <laughs> but i already made up my mind that this is the person i'm going to ask her out and all those things i already because there was no point against her and i'm sure god saw my heart so she said she was coming to see me by two o'clock then somebody else said she was coming so i was in namde azukwe on saturday saturday we had prayer in the morning so in the morning he said that i've never been to your room for now I'm, I'm on my way i'll just stop by with a friend of mine around two o'clock i said okay no problem then someone else told me at the prayer meeting that i will see you one of these days so i was lying down my bed around prayer meeting was very early in the morning prayer ended like eight nine so i went back to the room so i lying down my bed around ten and i fell asleep and i had a dream in the vision it was uh, another person the one that said she was coming to see me i just saw that around that time it was this girl i was so convinced about that came so when i woke up she did so i have I, I had that conviction that now can you imagine 
Someone said he was coming to see you by two. No, by one. Instead of that person, is this this lady? Like you saw in the vision, so she's the one. I just sat on my bed and I was happy about the whole thing, but I was praying in tongues, and then the Lord said something to me. It sort of just bubbled from within that no. She's a wonderful Christian, but she's not for you. By two o'clock, too late, she came to the room. All the signs were okay on the outside, but the spirit of God said no. And sincerely, a few years after, I thank God for that no. So that's very important. So follow the scripture every day. Honestly, as you follow the word, if the Lord needs an extra measure to call your attention to something, he will do it. Yeah. He has attempted to tell me some things in this church that I will do things the way I believe the Bible says a church should be. And at times, when I'm not hearing fast enough, it will send somebody. At times, just a member of church will just say, Pastor, I don't know, I sat at the back and this thing just came to me. At times, an outsider. Maybe I'll go for a meeting and it will look like the person talking is talking to me. I'll be like, okay, Lord, I will obey. So, that's how it works. Hallelujah. Is that okay? Hope I've answered your question. Alright, praise the Lord. Okay. Good evening, sir. I am a widow with two children. Is it okay to remarry a married man? I saw in scriptures where the Bible says the young widow should be allowed, should be allowed to marry who they desire. Yes. Uh, a married man. He has a wife. Maybe you want to talk about you can't marry a man that is already married, except his own wife is dead, also. You can't. Or maybe what you are now trying to talk about is that now, now let me say this. If the man and his wife they are they've divorced, they've completed before you meet the man, that might be a different ball game. Before a lady meets a man, he has left here. So if in this case, before you met the man, things were already well, we will need to ask questions very diligently before we can actually talk about this. But a Christian cannot ask a man to leave his wife and come and marry you. That is totally wrong. And then if the man has separated from his wife, now there is a very serious theological debate on should a Christian remarry at all until the wife dies. Now in your case, as a widow, the man is already dead, so you are free. But the other person, if the wife is still alive, should they go ahead? Now, I don't have time to go into that today. In Bible schools, among scholars, some believe that a Christian can remarry under certain conditions. And all the interpretations are from what Paul said in the Bible. Paul said that should somebody depart, the other person is not under bondage. That's what under bondage is what theologians are fighting with, with fighting over. Some are saying that what Paul is saying that that means you are free to remain single. Why some are saying that? What, do, what, what does that mean? Saying that you are no under, but that means you are free from marriage oath. So, but one thing is certain. The responsibility is always on the one who walks away. It's the one that will answer to God. I get what I'm saying. So, let's just put it that way. So, if a man, which I have dealt with a serial like that before, he awaits somebody after, shortly after, few days of their wedding, the man traveled and then told the wife that, I'm done. Should she live the rest of your life as a single lady? These are important questions. Honestly, I hate to get to this place, but I have seen a story whereby in some cases, when Satan enters some people, you'll be a wicked pastor to tell the woman to remain in that kind of house. 
where any moment, any more they spent under that guy can kill her. He has gone with other girls. They, he, another spirit has entered him and he has told her to go. Because when we stand before God, we are not going to stand as husband and wife. Everybody will give account of himself and herself. And that is very important. So, um, God saved the lady. By the time the husband went round round and he had HIV and they actually got it even severally after that. But for some reasons, which I believe is a power of, God, of God's mercy, she never had HIV. And the guy has full-blown HIV right now. Taking drugs upon drugs. And what she's supposed to do? In her case, she's with her and helping him. She's with him, helping him, praying and loving him all the same. Loving, caring for him. Maybe, at least he has repented, but <laughs> maybe till he goes or <laughs> whatever. <laughs> So I've just seen, I've seen ugly scenarios. This is why when two people want to matter, they are announcing to my heart praise. There are some problems you will not have if you don't marry. So if you want to marry, marry the right way. So that you don't bring bondage into your life. One day a lady showed me what the in-law said to her. And I showed her, like, what is the problem? People get married and enter into trouble. I saw a man one day who told me, fasted for 40 days with water only because of the battle in marriage. When I know fast for anointing. Hush. So sometimes when they tell people, I, 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 will, I will talk to singles, well, not today, that you don't only look at the man, look at his family. Whoever tells you that you're only married to one person has told you a real lie. That person is like a needle. There's a thread behind. You will understand. Only few people have that independence. And I'm glad I'm one of them. Only few people have that independence. That's why it's good to have become something right from when you are young. In scripture, you know, that we have suffered all the persecution. Our parents don't go to fellowship. So they have come to accept that I will lay ye. So they were not going to ask me that is in Yoruba or Igbo or this one. I will not ask me that. But it's not so with some people. So I understand. Honestly, it pains me when I see men who cannot do what the Bible says. For this cause shall a man leave his father and his mother and cleave to his wife. He, you are the one the Bible is talking about. When I see men reporting their wife to their mother, I, I'm like, what kind of man are thou? Calling your sister and tell, reporting your wife. You can be 40 and still be a boy. And there are many of them now. Many of them. You are before your mom. You are talking about your wife. She doesn't obey me. I just want to tell you. Instead of uh, Eba, she cooks her always. I don't know what's wrong with her. And your mom is now calling your wife. Oh yeah, come. Hey, Chioma, come. Is it true that you are, okay, the two of you sit down and you are a man. <laughs> are you getting what I'm saying? It grieves me when I see all these things. 
As a time when some parents will even adjudicate very well. They won't take side. They will tell you, what you pray for when some people now, you now tear the whole family apart because of this. Wow. Mm. Let me stop. I'll take one more question. Please, sir, what is your take if I'm attending a church and I'm committed to the church, but I attend another church because I love the prayers, not because I don't believe in the grace at work at the church? I just said it now. You are trying to get God to... You can attend the program, but if it's like um, they are praying there, I want to attend. can God answer your prayer where you are? I get what I'm saying. Now, what about church? Church is deeper. I have heard people say, but people go to any mosque to pray. Why can't that happen in Christianity? You see, sometimes when people begin to ask questions, if you have the wisdom of God, just sit back at and be wondering. Christianity is not that way. Why? Church is like a family. Sir, what's your name? Victor. Can you just not sit down? No worry. You can't just go to your, even though neighbors who are staying on the streets and say, We all live in Ogba. I can enter any house in Ogba and sleep. She'll be just asleep. Now, all of you are laughing because it's absurd. Or all of us are Yoruba or Igbo. Uh, that man is Igbo. She's Igbo. She's Igbo. So I can enter any Igbo house and I sit on the table. Yeah, where's breakfast? By the time they slap you, you understand that you are Igbo. <laughs> or you are, you, do you get what I'm saying? You don't see all of us are Igbos. We are all, all of us are Igbos in Lagos. So I can enter any Igbos out. Any person who is from Igbo state and then say, I'm passing the night here. Church is a family. A pastor will account for every member of the church before God. So that puts responsibility on all of them. Both the pastor and the they, they are asked to be a relationship. Peter mentioned this and he said that don't let them do it with grief. He said because they shall answer for your soul. So God expects a church to have a system. Number one, to know every member of the church. If a member of this church backslides, and I don't care, we don't care about the person, and the devil is attacking the person, God will ask all of us. So because you are going to be responsible for people's soul, there has to be an organized system for their prayer, for their growth, for everything. So church is like a family. It's not an organization. It's a body. You don't get that? And so what God has done is like you have shepherds. So he has organized people in groups. So these 200 people are under this shepherd. As the shepherd's capacity grow, God sees that I can give this man 1,000 of my children. Remember, all children are of God, not of any pastor. But God says that in my wisdom, my system is that 100 should go here, 200 should go here. This guy can undo 200. Later, I can undo 2,000. And you should be able to account for all the 2,000. But you cannot freelance as a Christian. And just enter a job, pray here, and then enter a job, pray here. That way, who will answer for you out of all of them? You, see, you understand what I'm saying? So people haven't looked at church that way. That is why. And as a matter of fact, God also expects that we don't only attend a local assembly, that you are a worker there. 
there must be something you are responsible for in the church. Some of my friends who have seen their grandma in heaven, who were singing, and they saw them in the choir in heaven. I will talk about that one day. How your roles will continue in heaven. Many people don't know. Somebody said, I don't know why it was Matthew Dawson, so that he saw in heaven, who was still giving speech and teaching people about love. See, in heaven, teaching continues. Hope you know. Ah, uh, we are not going to be going to heaven wearing a crown and just be dancing. Hey, 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 hey. There are responsibilities in heaven. We'll talk about heaven one day. I'm looking at it from God's word. There are responsibilities in heaven. And many times, what gift you are giving on earth extends to heaven. That's why they send the gift and the curse are without they are irrevocable. But it's not going to take them away from you. I don't know who this man of God has said that as soon as Jesus asked him to come and open the door, William Bram is so first. And Jesus started. And William Bram began to continue to teach the guy some of the things he was teaching on that. One or two people have been given opportunity to speak with Noah also and Neville. She's talking about the same thing. Yes. So it's beyond. So, so if you think that you just sit down in heaven, your mansion, I'm eating of father. <laughs> There are responsibilities to take in heaven. So God has organized people into systems. And believers do like to say, I, I, I told you a story that really blessed me. When God wanted to show that missionary the meaning of my sheep know my voice. Remember, I've told you that story before. He just got to a village and it was, it was at the mountain looking down on the valley. He was still praying and thinking about how to start preaching in that village. And shepherds were coming out. And the shepherds sat by the river and they were all gisting about 10 of them. And the sheep started mixing and mixing and mixing, even mating. And first, uh, that question came and sorry, when they are going, how would they know which sheep belongs to who? But it's not the shepherds were not bothered, they kept gisting for about two hours. When they were ready to go, said all the shepherds just parted in different directions and began to sink. And he said, to his surprise, the sheep started after about one hour. The one that came with this one, they were with him, the one that came this one, they were with him. And he heard that voice. My sheep know my voice. A stranger, they will not follow. When each shepherd started singing, each sheep could understand, this is my shepherd, not this one. This is my fellow sheep, but this is my shepherd. In office, you can fellowship with other Christians and pray with them in the office. You can attend other programs, no doubt about that. But please, have a local assembly where you belong and where you are. Is very important, very, very important, very, very important. Hallelujah! Yeah, okay. My time is, <laughs> I'll take the last, just take the last guy at the back. I think we should stop here. Hallelujah! Is someone blessed tonight? Can we begin to serve the communion, please, so that we can just share the grace now? All the pastors and directors, please help. Good evening, sir. Good evening. Is that Israel? Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. Um, please, sir, can you explain um, Matthew 21, um, 12 to 13, and um, 1 Corinthians 16, 9? <laughs> Matthew 21, 12 to 13. 12, 12 and 13. Yeah, 12, 12 What is 13. there? Okay. The Bible says that Jesus entered the temple okay. and he chased out the people selling, buying and selling. Okay. And um, First Corinthians sixteen nine says, um, "No, you know that the your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost." Yeah. 
So what do you want me to explain there? Okay. Um, then, the concept of your body being temple. Yes. Sir. And Jesus driving out the people. Yes. Well, sir. your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, but we see our physical temple. We are in a temple now. Yes, Even sir. our body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Yes, sir. All right? So, and then in First Corinthians, so the Bible says your body is the temple, but Jesus drove out those who were selling and, yeah. Actually, that exclusively deals more with the church as a body, not individual as a church. You understand? Corporate church. It is possible for the spirit of Babylon to creep into a church. And all you do is just about money and all those things. If you do that, you will make it difficult for the spirit of God to move in your midst. The Holy Spirit can withdraw from an assembly. He has not forsaken them, but just looking at them to be doing their own thing. He's called Nikah, but the glory has departed. Whatever they do can never be an offering to God again. You know, when we all stand before the judgment seat of Christ, we are going to receive reward according to what we do in our flesh. And the Bible said that that seat. So, I want to call everybody's attention to this one. It's a very serious matter. See, when we start before, Christians will not appear before the white throne judgment. White throne judgment is for the world. There are three thrones. The throne, right now, there is a throne of grace where you come to obtain mercy. And that is mercy seat. Hebrews chapter 4, there's a throne of grace. Now, there is white throne judgment. That's the final one. Where the whole world will be judged. And many of them will hear, depart from me, I know you not. But there is a judgment seat of Christ. First Corinthians chapter, Second Corinthians chapter 5. Judgment seat, of, judgment seat of Christ is only for believers. So God will not judge believers. Jesus will judge believers. All of us will stand before Jesus one by one. And the Bible says, that's what the Bible talks about in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. That if anybody is saved, if any work, anybody's work. So your work will be put on a scale. But that scale is like a fire. Many have seen this in a vision before. Your work on that scale can first of all weigh 30. When that fire passes through, it can remain one. What will stand are those who have done, things you have done by the Spirit and in obedience to God's word. Everything you've done to command attention of men will burn like that. Nothing. If you give to please men, if you sing to please men, if you pray to impress men, it burns off. I get what I'm saying. Now, if you are pastoring where you are not sent to, zero. You can use 15 years in a location and labor truly as a pastor, fasting day and night and praying for people. That work is put on that scale and it disappears. Why? Because you were never commanded to go there. Some things are a bit difficult for me to say because people will say that, but you, you also you are a pastor. I say, honestly, I am glad that I was raised by scripture, you know, and I never broke away from any church to begin HOD. I was serving Kaduna. I was ready to go to Birmingham University to do my master's when the Lord told me to go to Lagos. When I came to Lagos, I never grew up. I grew up in Abel and I went to University of Ibadan. When I started seeing what people do in the name of ministry, break up here, go here, do this, do that, I'm aware on that day they will face Jesus. Some will be naked before the master. And the Bible said that if any man, when your work is done, it's burnt, he said you yourself, you go, you'll be saved through fire. So the fire will not only test your work, the fire will test you also. Now that's where the question begins. Can a Christian go to hell? Well, that's not for today. <laughs> but I stay where the Bible says. Are you with me? Did you get what I've just said? But your works will be tested. So they see you as a great evangelist, but God knows your heart. 
Oh, you're always working in the job, but God sees everything. This should put responsibility on all of us, you and I, to watch very well. Why do you do what you do? Because the Lord is the one that, he, he does not only job what you're doing, just the intention. When I, honestly, scripture, you know, laid this foundation for us, and I, I'm still a member of scripture, you know. We used to do Bible study then. So they put the fear of God on us. The first time I went to preach somewhere in my life and they gave me a room, I looked like a sinner. I didn't know it was morning they put it in an envelope. I thought it was thank you letter. Because I go to preach in many places and they will put full letter and thank you. Write scriptures very well and thank you. I just got to my hand and I brought them and I saw love, faculty of the of Ibado, law students. I was not very level then. And I saw that they put money, 2000 in that envelope. Ah! They gave me money for preaching. I just sat on my table and started repenting. <laughs> then when I read the Bible, I understand that when the Bible says you should give, nobody comes here to pray in this show without us giving very well to them. You know, these are the things that uh, no, that's not that's not that we don't want to. You know, if anybody blesses you spiritually, Galatians chapter five demands that you bless them in return. It is very. You know why some Christians are poor? That you, no matter the message you listen to, you laugh, you enjoy it. Amen. Hallelujah. But you. Even if you don't have money, learn to send a word to say thank you. I said this by the grace of God. Those who are in prayer and those who will, sometimes some people will lead prayer here after service, I will give to them. Because I'm also, I receive from people. I do. People share something, it blesses me, I give. There are men of God in Nigeria. If I ever come across any one of them, I cannot give less than a million. Personally, if I ever come across any one of them. What has that done in my life? Million is small to me. I look at people and it grieves me. I will stay on the spot and we think it is God, but it is us. Yet I don't keep money in accounts. Let me want to do anything. The money will surface. Last year when I built with an over 6,000 people in attendance, many of you saw, I mean, he went with Apostle Emma, with Nathan Ebasi and Lord Enabe Kuta. Where did you get money to do that? All the equipment we rented. Banji supplied the equipment from his company. Ask him how much he built us. And all those things. And from Dusi, who flew from Abuja to all of them, all their business. And I said I will not collect money from the church. I was doing that as an individual. How do you do all those things? Who do I know in the city? If you don't train yourself this way, when God gives you an assignment, if tomorrow it says that you are to build hospital and you are not to collect money from anybody, and that will be better than all the teachers living we have in Nigeria, what are you going to do? This is why every Christian must learn this principle of that there is a realm beyond this physical realm. Hallelujah. The, the tight debate is day and night. All my friends in grace. I don't know this one. I want. I don't. I don't. I don't dabble. Say, but beyond, there are a few people that sincerely they just believe theologically that this is not. Even though I don't agree with them, but for most people, people just when it comes to anything, they just want to. Christianity is not such. It's not like that. God will never ask you to break your head and do what you cannot do. But God demands generosity from Christians. And I've told us over that in this church, if somebody comes to you and is broke. You might not be able to meet all their needs. Do something little. What you are saying to God is that if you give me more, I will do more. You are 15K. If all you can give somebody is 1,000, do it. A friend is in need. It's an emergency. He needs 150,000. It might sound ridiculous. Out of 150, all you can give is 2,000. Why don't you give that to? Say, sorry, I am sorry. This is all I have. Then say, Heavenly Father, I believe. Another time somebody is in need, I'll be able to. It's a gradual process and God begins to expand you. Never say you don't have. Oh, they are buying chairs in the church. They are doing this. 
whatever you have, even if you have five naira, God sees your hands. Take a step and say, this is what I'm doing. From there, it begins to multiply you. That's it. Is someone blessed today? Let's rise. Oh, I'm taking so much time today. <laughs> oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. The body of Christ broke up for me. Lift up the bread. Jesus said, do this as often as possible in remembrance of me. He said, if you do, you show the Lord's death till he comes. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Say, this is the body of Christ broken for me and the blood shed for me. I remember that I was wounded for my transgression, bruised for my iniquity. In the name of Jesus, the life of Jesus is in me. I am one with him and I remind myself of that with this commission or with this communion. Take it please. Glory to God. Let's get off free tonight. What a wonderful night. Actually, you know what happened? My words stopped working. So I was not conscious of the fact that I was taking time. Forgive me. Shall we give together tonight in the name of Jesus Christ? Father, we thank you. You multiply seed to the soul and bread to the ether. Thank you for opportunity to give. Are the ushers ready? If you are doing a transfer, the accounts are on the screen. And if you are using prayers, they are available at the back. Lord, I thank you. We ask that you bless every seed and bless every giver in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. This is the longest midweek service we've had. Please forgive me. Questions do take time. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Normally we finish at 15, 8, 20. But we are 20 minutes late today. Please, I'm sorry. Sorry about that. Next week will not be like that. Jesus, I lift up your name. But were you blessed? Hope you enjoyed the service. Hallelujah. Jesus, we lift up your name. It's, I pray for you that may the Lord keep you. May the Lord bless and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Shalom. Nothing missing, nothing broken. God bless you. Thank you. Hello, thank you for watching us. We don't want this to end without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. You know, um, after listening to God's word like this and you have never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, it's an opportunity to come to him and it's a simple process because he has made all things available. I want to employ you now to give your heart to Christ and by saying these words, because giving your heart to Christ must be done consciously. He has paid the price. Say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I come to you. I believe that you died for me and that you rose again. I believe that you shed your blood for my justification. I accept your finished work right now, and I confess that you are the Lord of my life. I believe in you. Thank you, Jesus. If you have said those words, you are actually born again, a new creation in Christ. Join us for more of this. God bless you.